This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 210. So it was just like an easy decision, you know, stay home, be home with the kid. We have the financial freedom to do that. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com. Your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host to the Bigger Pockets Podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. Brandon Turner. What's up, man? Hey, I don't know. Not a whole lot. What's up with you? I'm disgusted, actually, right now. Why Why are you disgusted, Josh? Man, I got to tell it's you. It's better like, not be a rip on my beard. I, I, it, <laughs> it, it's definitively a rip on your beard. Dude, this thing is getting really disgusting. I, 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 mean, even, it's, I even trimmed the flyaways today. You, you know? trimmed I, I nothing. Trimmed, I trimmed. Look at it. It's smooth. It's grotesque. Man, I, like, <laughs> I, I love your wife. She's amazing. But like, she I, I don't know. Keep going. She tells no me way. keep going. Yeah, no way. Heather, Heather, make him cut it. She says, keep make going. She we, like, we can't have this as, as the persona, <laughs> as the face uh, of this guy. I'm going ZZ Top style. That's where I'm Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. Now, you know. Good on you. Um, congrats for being, you know, uh, as as manly as you are for being able to grow a beard of such disgustingness. But yeah, uh, yeah. it's not your fault. You yeah. can't grow one. It's okay. Yeah. We were all twelve at one point. Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Anyway, no. So things actually things are great. Things are going really well. We got a really cool show today. Do. Haven't done one of these in a while, and 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 yeah, I'm pretty it's excited. Been, it's been to, at least a year, maybe even two years since we did a newbie show. Yeah, so today we've got this newbie show, and and uh, it's great. We've got you know two two guests and and fantastic stories, and and hopefully really motivating yeah. for all the the newer investors out there. So um, yeah, we're gonna dig in and really figure out how these guys went about getting their their first investment property. So great show, very very excited about it. Yeah, very cool. And wh- one thing I really like about both these interviews today is they both have this common theme of their one pr- like one single property like changed their entire life. Like in both oh, cases, yeah. yeah, you guys will hear that. Like their change, their life was dramatically changed because of one deal. Uh, and so if you guys are listening to this thinking it takes you know fifty deals to be able to make any kind of change in your life, uh, listen to these two interviews and you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's the coolest thing about real estate. Like, you know, most newbies are so afraid to get that first deal, but once they do it, you know, it, it, it's life changing in that, you, you know, you get past this, this hurdle. Right. Yeah. But in, in these cases, these first deals actually altered the course of these folks' lives. So it's, it's fantastic. Well, cool. Well, before we get into it, why, why don't we get to today's quick tip? Nice. All right. Nice. <laughs> you want to take it? Yeah, sure. All right, guys. So, you know, I'm not sure if you know, but BiggerPockets has member blogs. So basically, we allow anybody to come onto BiggerPockets and create a blog and and write. It's a great way. Could my mom come on and make a member blog? Can she write about you? She could. Actually, that'd be a great member blog. It's just stories about Brandon's childhood. Oh, my God. Uh, That's going to be very well read. (laughs) Not... Uh, yeah, look, anyone, as long as it's real estate related, go for it. You can create a blog. Just go to the community on the navigation bar, go down to member blogs, and there you can read thousands of different blogs about all different aspects of real estate investing. You can also create your own member blog for free and start sharing your knowledge or chronicling your journey, which we love those. Those are the coolest, at least for me, which is, you know, hey, here's the deal I just did, or hey, here's... I'm in step seven of trying to figure out this deal, whatever it is, like share your story. People love that. 
it's a great way to build community around yourself. And it's a great way to start getting people to know who you are, what you're doing and to build credibility. So head over to the member blog area, check it out. There you go. All right. Well, yeah. before we bring in our, our first interview of the day, we have two different interviews with three total people. Before I do want to add something, oh, by the okay. way, on the Add, it. Blog. add it. I'm sure most of you are familiar with the Bigger Pockets blog, and we do go to the Bigger Pockets member blogs in order to find uh, new writers to write on our main blog. So uh, if you're ever wondering, hey, how do I become a writer for the Bigger Pockets blog? Go ahead, create a member blog. And you know, if you're doing great work and we notice you, we'll, we'll probably give you a shout. There you go. There you go. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com slash VP. Connectinvest.com slash VP. What's better than low money down? No money down. Now through Rent to Retirement, you can buy a brand new construction turnkey rental property for no money down. Wait, hold on. This can't be right. I need to double check with Zach, Rental Retirement CEO. Oh, hey, Rob. Zach, how the heck are you selling turnkey rental properties for $0 down? <laughs> it's not that complicated, Rob. Rent to Retirement has new construction properties up to $20,000 below retail prices. We also have investor loans with rates as low as 3.99% and down payment options as low as 5% or sometimes even zero money down. You get all the cash flow, appreciation, and equity for as little as zero money down. That's an infinite return. Oh, wait, wait. Let me get on this before we tell it to the whole Bigger Pockets audience. Just head to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. That's REI to 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing with no money down today. Get your next new construction property at a steep discount or invest with no money down. Head to renttoretirement.com today. If you're in the landlord game, then you know the importance of solid tenant screening. That's where RentReady steps in. Now, RentReady's got an important new feature, proof of income verification. And get this, with Plaid certified reports, you'll see everything from income summaries to total earnings by month. Say goodbye to those gut check moments and hello to confidence in renting with RentReady. RentReady is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering a six month plan for $1. You can't beat that. I actually don't even know how they make money doing that, but it's above my pay grade, pal. Visit rentready.com. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like bigger pockets, investor, like me, to get six months of rent ready for $1, which is crazy. Let's get to the show. So like Josh said earlier, today's a show. We're doing a couple different interviews with a total of three people. Our first interview today is with Sonny and Sun Marie. This is a couple from the New York City area. And they are. Yeah, kind of a cool story there. So we're going to jump in and talk a little bit about house hacking and uh, all that. Yeah, but in, 
it's funny because everybody who everybody says, oh, I can't invest. I live in New York City. Yeah. It's it's impossible. This yeah. can't be done. And of course, these guys have gone and created real wealth through uh, what seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah, pretty yeah, good deal. So cool. Yeah, it's cool to hear how they got that deal and stuff. So listen up. Yeah, it's really smart. All right, guys. So let's bring in Sunny and Sun Marie. All right, Sunny and Sun Marie. Yes. Those are their real names. What's going on, guys? Good to have you on the show. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited. Yeah, this should be good. This should be good. So uh, I like having couples on the show because, I mean, oh, real yeah. estate is generally not a single person thing. I mean, like like most – if you're married, your spouse is probably involved. In fact, of the 200-some episodes we've had so far of the show, I would say majority of people are married and they've just come on alone. I'm sure their spouses later were like, why didn't you have me <laughs> So it's a good it's thing. It's a team effort. It, it is a team effort. So that's what I'm excited to talk about. So why don't we uh, just go back to the beginning, which I know was years and years and years ago. No, I'm just kidding. You guys are fairly new at this, but that's a good thing. Uh, How did you get your first deal? I mean, I mean, maybe even before that, why real estate? How did you even get yeah, the let's bug? Let's start there. Yeah. Um, so really the, the bug came from you guys from bigger pockets, listening to the podcast when I was, when I was 18, I'm 26 now, but when I was 18 years old, I had my first goal to buy a house outright. You know, my dad had just finally bought his first house when I was 18 years old and, uh, I saw his mortgage and, you know, he had a 30 year mortgage and he was paying triple the price over those 30 years. And I was thinking, Hey, I don't want to deal with that. I just want to buy my house outright. And I didn't want to, and I thought if I didn't have to pay that large mortgage expense, I'd just grow my savings that much quicker. But then I, listen to podcasts. I love podcasts. And I was looking for one about how to buy your first house. And then I stumbled on bigger pockets and I listened to all these investors, listen to you guys. And I was just like, no, that's not the way I'm to sorry. do it. The way to, the way to do it is house <laughs> hack. And yeah, buy that first house, get your tenants to pay for your mortgage, your taxes, your insurance, live for free. And I was really excited by that. Yeah. Just dove in and was instantly hooked by you guys. And you know, you guys are, are my mentors really. Cause I didn't have any close friends or family, the bigger pockets community, the investors I listened to, all of you guys were my mentors in doing this. And yeah, we were finally able to buy our first four family property last year. Wow. Awesome. All right, cool. That's awesome. Yes. I love when when we inspire folks to do stuff like that. That's do, that's do really cool. See, do you guys see Josh's head? It's growing bigger right now. Oh, yes. The whole conversation, it was just getting It will never quite get as big as yours, Brandon, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it's inflating a little bit. So, all right, I'm, that's awesome. I'm glad you found the podcast. I'm glad you got inspired by it. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So you go and you decide, we're going to house hack. We're going to buy a four family. We're not yeah. going to start with a single. We're not going to go to the duplex. We're going to just jump right in with a four. Sun Marie, why a four? Dun, dun, dun. So especially here in northern New Jersey, it just isn't Jazzy. economical to think about buying single families or duplexes and actually make the numbers work. Just doesn't cash flow. Yeah, it just doesn't cash flow. So we thought, well, why not look into something more than that? Like a three family or four family. We didn't want to go over four family because then you start getting into the commercial real estate realm and the laws are a lot different. But we thought, hey, I think we could handle something like a three or four. Why not go for it? The numbers work a lot better in our favor. Can you guys talk about that? The numbers then, like, you know, what was a typical duplex or, or triplex looking like? And what did you guys end up settling on with this four family? Yeah, sure. The reason it doesn't work is because of the high property taxes in North Jersey. You know, we're only 15 miles from New York City. You know, we can take a bus and 30 minutes we're in the city. But yeah, the taxes are 
you know, 10 grand, 11 grand. And it doesn't matter so much if you're going from a single family to a duplex or a tri to a quad. They're all around the same for the property taxes. But when you split that 10K in property taxes on a single family, that kills the deal. But 10K on a four family, you split that up. That's only 2,500 per unit. You can start making that profitable for yourself. And the rents are relatively the same. If it's a three family single home or duplex, you know, you get the same amount of money pretty much than you would if you have a three bedroom quad or triplex. That's awesome. Okay. So, so before we jump into the deal itself, I want to point out something. A lot of people tell me you can't invest in real estate when you're getting started. You can't do that if you live in New York. You can't do it if you live in San Francisco or if you live in LA. Like you just, you can't do it, right? You guys live 15 minutes from New York city. And yeah. you're, able, you're able to do it. You're able to get started. And I think that's fantastic. So just to point yes. out there to, to all the people out there making excuses that saying I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Figure it out. So let's hear how you guys did it. Uh, let's talk about that first. You found a fourplex. How'd you find it? Yeah. So we found it on the MLS and uh, we had been searching for a year and a half. You know, we had put in uh, some offers here and there, done a lot of analyzing of deals, uh, looked at we were looking at the MLS every single day for that year and a half, you know, and feeling a little hopeless here and there. But then finally that deal popped up. It was an REO, real estate owned property. I think Wells Fargo owned it and uh, came on the market. It was a 12 bedroom, four bath quadplex. When I saw that, I got an email from Redfin just and I saw it pop up on my email inbox and I was like, hey, Sunmary, I think we just found our house. And uh, we called the listing agent, actually. We weren't dealing with a realtor on our own. We got a tip that if you use the listing agent, they're a lot more likely to try to work with you to try to get that double commission. Yeah. So we used that. We didn't also want to drag around the realtor with us from house to house. We were searching for a year and a half. We didn't want to feel pressured to buy a no good deal. We wanted that good deal. So that's what we did. And we went to check out that house. And yeah, it took us like four months to close, but we closed on that one. Yeah, there had been several other deals that we were looking at and we'd visited, put offers in, and it was just really competitive and we ended up not being the, the chosen buyer. So we learned a lot through that process. I think we went through several of those. And so when we got to this one, we kind of knew you know, what, what would be to our advantage. Working with a listing agent and going with an REO property was definitely to our advantage. So, yeah. so talk talk about the competitiveness. You know, like this this is a newbie show. What what is what does that exactly mean to somebody? You know, is it are these properties just getting bid up like crazy? You know, is there anything that you can do to fight that, or you just have to kind of be patient? So, so yeah. So two weeks earlier, we actually put an offer on another four family property in the same town of Garfield, New Jersey, and we offered twenty five k over asking. And you went to the property. There was how many investors with you on the three days after it was listed? It, it was like a crazy scramble. I think there were four other investors. They brought us all in at the same time. And these guys were professional investors, definitely not their first deal. And they wanted to snap it up because if, it, if the numbers work, there are lots of people who are looking for those opportunities. So it, you know, it isn't exactly advantageous to a first time home buyer who's trying to, you know, get their feet wet. <laughs> yeah, the realtor had told us that a full cash offer was made over our 25k, you know, over the asking price, so. Wow. So, why do you think the new house you found the fourplex? What was different about the one you actually got then from the really competitive ones? Did you guys get getting quicker or what? So, because it was an it was an REO through Wells Fargo, they had a first-time home buyers program. So, for the first 12 days, they were only accepting offers from owner occupants or like first-time uh, home buyers. 
Nice. I, I love that. And, and that's a great tip. I don't think we've ever talked about it on the show, but no, there are a number of great. those programs. Yeah. Well, like, like you said, Wells Fargo, I know FHA has a program like that where it's, you know, owner, owner occupied only, which is another benefit of house hacking. You can get in there before yeah. all the savvy investors who are experienced and got cash. And I, I love that. So yeah, use that to your competitive advantage and, and um, you guys crushed it on that. So that's cool. Yeah. So let's, let's hear about the house itself. Uh, yeah, so like I said before, 12-bedroom, 4-bath, there are four three-bedroom, one-bath units. It's actually two duplexes on one lot of property, so it's okay. two separate buildings. What you pay yeah, for? Uh, we paid uh, $430,000 for it. Okay, okay. four hundred thirty. dollars Yeah, we put 10% down, so that's forty three k, And yeah, we got conventional 30-year mortgage. We got a 3.99% interest rate and no PMI, actually, through a smaller smaller bank. Really? Yeah. Actually, so they I think they pay the PMI, but there's no borrower paid PMI. That's so awesome. it was a great rate at 3.99% 30-year mortgage. We only had to put 10% down and uh yeah, it was great. For those people who don't know what PMI is, it's it, when you buy a property, usually less than 20% down, a bank's going to require you to pay this mortgage insurance, which is a private mortgage insurance, PMI, and it's like a monthly charge. You could mean on a price, a $400,000 property, that could have been two or $300 a month. Uh, the fact that you guys got none of it, I mean, that's awesome. It just shows, you know, shop around, talk to different lenders, see what you can find, but that, that's definitely awesome. That was a Go tip ahead. from a bigger pockets member, actually. Like, we were looking at other banks, and everyone's like, even my credit union is like, no, you got to put 25% down for this four family. And so I posted on Bigger Pockets. I'm like, hey, how am I going to get this financing? And this this member, I should have rem- remembered his name, but he was like, hey, check out Trusco Bank. And we did that. It worked out great. Awesome. I love that. I love that. All right. So what is your what's your total payment on the property? You know, taxes, insurance, and and your uh, mortgage. Taxes, insurance, mortgage is around um, thirty four hundred a month. Okay. And then what are you guys renting those units out for? So unit three and four are renting for seventeen hundred each. And then we're living in unit one. So uh, unit two, actually, her family moved in and uh, we're giving them subsidized rent at a thousand a, a month. Okay. But a market rent would probably be close to fifteen hundred. So in total, we're renting uh, forty four hundred a month while we live there. That's uh, we, awesome. We, so we're cash flowing at about a thousand a month. If you if you don't include like uh, maintenance costs and vacancy considerations, we're cash flowing at about a thousand a month. Sure. And that's while you're living there. While we live there for free in one of the units, if we were to move out, wow. we could easily get fifteen hundred for, for one of those units. So that'd be twenty five hundred. If we got market rent for the unit that your parents are living in, we'd get another five hundred. So we're easily looking at three thousand dollars a month in positive cash flow. That's amazing. Well, yeah, even if yeah, you have the tax, sure. I, mean, they, I mean, if you have if you account for vacancy repairs, yeah, you're still going to be cash flowing yeah. stupid. I mean, yeah, that's, that's no amazing. more than a thousand a month of that. So we'd be cash flowing two thousand a month. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And and that's one of the benefits of house hacking is that when you move out, a lot of people don't know this, but when you move out, you don't have to pay the lo- the, the loan back. Like you get to keep that thirty year fixed loan for as long as you want it. So it just kind of sets you up. Like not only is it uh, you know, this is why I just get so excited about house hacking because it's like training wheels. You get to learn how to be a landlord. You get low down payment. You get the the first time. I mean, the home buyer. You know, getting in there. You know, before the investors do. And it's just like benefit after benefit after benefit after benefit. So, what about down bad stuff? I mean, what bad happened in the situation, if anything? What are the disadvantages of what you guys did? So, it was actually a vacant property when we purchased it from the bank. So, there was a quite a bit of holding costs for the. Um, I guess we we did a lot of repairs ourselves. And it took us about three months to finally get it ready to rent it out. So there was quite a bit of holding costs on, on our end for that. And if I were to probably do it again, I'd ask for more help, maybe hire some contractors to help us out with it. But we, we kind of just got our hands dirty and really put put our sweat equity into it. Yeah, so the holding costs were a little bit painful in the beginning, but it certainly was an amazing learning experience. You know, we, we have a much better understanding now of 
what goes into certain repairs, what to look for on our next deal, you know, what are big deals, what are things that are quick, uh, paint fix, you know, something simple. Yeah. Um, so it was a good learning experience, worth it, but definitely financially in the beginning, there were a few months there that were pretty stressful. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So you guys went, you, you put in the work, you put in the time, you put in the energy, but obviously there was a cost there, right? So you spent 430,000. How much did you guys put in in repairs? We put in 20K of like material costs. So okay. That's and just materials. So 20K materials. If you had hired a crew, you're probably talking another, what, 10, 20, 30K? Probably 30K, I'd say. Okay. So you're 50K in, you're at 480 then all in. Well, not 480, but you're in an extra 50, right? So, you know, if for, for any newbie listening, you know, this. This is great. You know, the numbers are great. But if you actually start to amortize that $50,000 over the, the next 30 years, that cash flow that Sonny and Summary are talking about shrinks dramatically. So it's really important that anybody who's new at this keep that in consideration. Your cost to repair, your vacancy rates, you know, your cost to manage. I'm assuming you guys are managing yourself, but, you know, at some point you may have somebody else manage. So, you know, it's a consideration you want to put in and everything else. You definitely want to take those numbers up front. And look, if those things don't come to fruition, it's great. It's more money in your pocket. But if you're buying a deal, you definitely want to make sure you you uh, account for that stuff. We, we were able to actually refinance about three months ago, I think like 10 months after we closed on the property, and we pulled out $67,000 in cash from the bank. <laughs> Our, nice. property, our, our property appraised for 120000 over what we bought it for. It appraised for $550,000. We pulled out sixty seven k, left the rest of equity in the property. We only put 10% down, and now there's about 20% equity in the property. And we pulled out every dollar we put in, sixty seven k. So that was 42 for closing and about twenty k for for materials. So awesome. every awesome. dollar we got that back pretty much. That I like, love it. That's like the perfect house hacking story. I mean, everything you guys have done, that's what like we preach a lot. Like is it's not the only way, but it is such a good way to get started. So what has changed in your life since this? Like since like what 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 has this done in your life done for you guys, for your future, stuff like that? Yeah, so before we bought the property, we had a baby, and uh, somebody was on maternity leave while we were searching for these houses. And uh, so we we were making forty four hundred a month in gross rent. You know, we were talking about, are you going back to work? Are you going to stay home? We really wanted to be able to stay home, have Sunry raise our child. You know, be there for him while while I'm at work and not put him in daycare. So this just made it such a clear, easy decision. You know, forty four hundred a month in rent. That's fifty two thousand a year, dollar for dollar. That replaced her income. You know, the gross rental income replaced her salary. And you got to live somewhere, so you know you're paying for those costs anyway. So it was just like an easy decision, you know, stay home, be home with the kid. We have the financial freedom to do that. I love great. that. I love that. And that's, that's why great. we do real estate, right? I mean, yeah, it's exciting to say, hey, I get 4400 a month in cash flow or whatever, you know, you're saying. But the real benefit is, hey, I get to quit my job or, hey, I get to travel more. I get to raise my kid. I get to go on this vacation. I mean, whatever it is that people want to do, that's why we do real estate. And you guys are a perfect example of that. Uh, very, yeah. very cool. Well, cool. That's well, awesome. Let, let's kind of. I have one more question before we shift on to the famous four, and that is, like, why do you think most newbies like never get to the point where even you guys are, or at least a lot of newbies? I don't know if you can say most, but why do you think a lot never buy that first property? They never actually jump. You know, I think I think it's like you don't you don't put in the effort. You know, we were putting the effort. We were listening to audiobooks. We were listening to the podcast like every week. Um, we were searching for deals every day. Well, yeah, we were searching for deals every day, analyzing once a week. You know, we were putting in that effort. And when that deal finally popped up, we saw it. We knew it was a deal. We jumped on it. We were prepared. 
Yeah, and we were committed to doing this. Like we knew this is what we wanted. Yeah, we weren't watching TV at home. You know, we were we wanted to make this work. We wanted to make it happen. And we did. Another thing, too, when I was growing up, I helped my dad fully restore a house. I was a um, 1890s Victorian. So I had oh, wow. a lot of sense of what goes into certain kind of projects, you know, whether this is a a crumbling wall you have to worry about or if it's a simple fix. So that helped, too, in our search when we went into properties. We weren't totally clueless about, you know, what what needed to get done. You know, we had an idea, oh, this actually, yeah, maybe it's a good deal, but it requires 150K just to bring it up to standard. Or, no, this is a simple paint and patch and move on type of project. Yeah. So that helped well, that's, us. That's great, guys. I'm, I'm, I can't think of the word. You you guys have done a great job. You're a proud and daddy. You're a proud dad. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, you guys have done great. And, you know, congrats on, on all those success. With that, why don't, why don't we get to the famous four and then we'll, we'll let you guys out of here. All right. Out of our grasp. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get to the famous four. All right. These are the same four questions we ask every guest every week. So I'm sure you guys have heard them before. But let's see what you got to say. And you guys can have the same answer or different ones. It's okay. Number one. What is your favorite real estate related book? Um, I'm just going to say the ABCs of real estate investing. That was the first real estate book I really listened to and it made the most impact because it was the first. Cool. Cool. And I don't read real estate books, so. <laughs> well, she go. does. She listens with me. I listen okay. to your podcast. That's Good. where I get most of my knowledge. That counts. Right. Awesome. Awesome. And, and, and yet you wanted to come on the show. So, you know, I don't know something's wrong with you, obviously. But, um, what about favorite business books? So I, I don't know. I feel like every time I read a business book, I'm just re-inspired. I'm like, oh, this is the best book. And uh, two weeks ago, I finished uh, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And I really loved that book. It was amazing. And just kind of talks about fears. And in the, in the book, uh, Napo- the premise is Napoleon Hill is interviewing the devil. He somehow managed to capture the devil and force an interview upon him. And he's asking him, you know, how he uses all these devilish tricks to enslave humanity and never get people to succeed and kind of it's it's really an intriguing book really well done and got so much inspiration from it cool cool son marie nothing she doesn't read those either <laughs> it's okay son marie. too busy right. with my son <laughs> <laughs> okay next question son marie what do you do for fun what do i do for fun i am an artist so i love painting whenever i get the chance and lately i've been getting into woodworking so that's what i do for fun see she woodworks cool. and paints she doesn't need to read that's right oh myself i'm a very active guy i love ultimate frisbee still very active yeah i love that yeah i play every week every week yeah i'm in a water league oh you and i gotta play play some ultimate frisbee down definitely down didn't we have a disc disc golf golf guy on the show back a few months ago oh yeah yeah i play i love disc golf too but i just play with the ultimate disc and i have the whole set yeah i'm the frisbee ultimate frisbee guy anyway cool yeah yeah I love volleyball. I love running. Yeah, uh, we've been going on micro adventures recently. Well, not with Sunmi, but Sunmi lets me go out with a bunch of guys in the middle of the work week and we go out, go camping. And then next morning we just return to work, all of us. So, uh, yeah, that's been pretty sweet. Uh, cool. Good way. Micro adventures. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Adventures. I like it. Cool. A lot of fun. I like it. Very cool. All right. Well, you know, last question from me. What do you guys believe sets apart? successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started? Looking past your fears and uh, just really jumping in and trusting that things are going to 
you know, work out well and you can handle what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. I mean, you know, you analyze enough of those deals, you know, you, you know, what's going to work, trust those numbers, but you know, you got to practice with those numbers to understand whether it's going to work or not. Once, once you do, you understand clearly, okay, this is going to work. Let's do this. Awesome. Man, awesome. Preached, hey, Brandon, I, I preached on the webinar every Brandon, week. Yeah. Um, where, where can people practice those numbers? Well, if they want to practice the numbers, they can do so on the Bigger Pockets rental property calculator, Burr calculator, or flipping calculator or wholesaling calculator at biggerpockets.com forward slash analysis. Nice, nice. You like that? Yes, well played. All right, guys. Well, listen, congrats on everything. Like I said before, uh, before we let you go, where can people reach out and find you, connect with you? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all over the Bigger Pockets uh, forums. I've been a lot more active recently now that I have some knowledge. And uh, also, I have a blog, famvestor.com. Uh, we nice. talk about our journey and kind of developing passive income streams and just kind of investing in the family and, you know, what we're doing. It's kind of interesting. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. Lots of luck to you going forward. And obviously, we'll look forward to seeing you around Bigger Pockets. Congratulations. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Great Thank being you. here. See you guys. All right, guys. That was Sonny and Son Marie. Big thanks to them for coming on the show, sharing their story, telling us all about that first deal. That's awesome, man. I mean, you know, again, in, in a market where most people are like, oh, this is impossible. I can't get it done. Yep. They went out, figured it out and and made it happen. Now they're they're making some good money. Yeah. I think it's just all about, you know, changing that that paradigm in your head of like, it can't be done to how do I make it work? How do people make this work in this market? And so, yeah, if you guys live in San Francisco, you live in LA, Seattle, Denver, whatever, where you're saying it can't be done, you know, it it can be done. You just got to figure out how to make that happen. Yeah. There's two different kinds of people in this world, right? There's the people who are like, oh, you know, the problem is the complaints and all this other nonsense. And those people are like, I'm going to find a way to make this happen. And you, you got to be that. If you want to succeed in the real estate investing game, you got to figure it out. So, so go true. ahead. Well, I was going to say so true. There's a, there's a quote, one of my favorite quotes by uh, Jim Rohn. He, he said something like, if you, I'm going to butcher this, but he basically said, if you really want something, you'll find a way. If not, you'll find an excuse. There That's you what go. everyone does, right? It's like, oh, Perfect. I can't do it because of ABC. So anyway. Listeners, I'm telling you right now, it's not every day you find a game changer like Rent Ready. They're not stopping with just tenant screening. They've rolled out proof of income verification. Let Rent Ready handle the heavy lifting with automatic checks on financial stability and earnings. Plus, with Plaid certified reports, you'll have all the info you need right at your fingertips. Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. And if you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for just $1. How great of a deal is that? That's one eighth of a Chipotle. That's pretty good. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I dot com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like bigger pockets, investor to get six months of rent ready for $1. Whether you need to buy or sell, or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like, so you can find a home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours even on the same day with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help you get the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. 
Download the Redfin app to get started today. We're always looking for ways to improve, searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right, get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. All right, well, let's go on to interview number two. You want to introduce Sam? Yeah, Sam. Yeah, you're just not introducing him because you don't know how to say his last name. (laughs) That might be true. I don't either, but it's it's Sam Valmy, I believe. Um, uh, Unfortunately, we really should ask Sam how to actually pronounce his last name. But Sam, Sam and his wife... We're headed towards a life trapped by massive debt, but instead they discovered bigger pockets and the power of real estate investing and used real estate to get them one step closer to financial freedom, which I'm sure rings true for lots of you guys that are listening. Specifically, actually, Sam's got a great story of using his property as an Airbnb vacation rental, and his story actually inspired Brandon to finally get his own vacation rental started. Uh, and I'm sure he won't shut up about that over the next couple of weeks yeah, or gonna, months I'll or tell, years. Yeah, I'll, be telling, or, I'll be telling that story. Yeah, I finally got my first Airbnb going. I'm get, I just went to Costco and bought a bunch of furniture. Uh, you know, I new stuff, but I needed a few things that were new, like a nice couch. So got nice. that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, it's it's excited to to hear about this. And Brandon, we, we definitely want to hear how this goes for you. So uh, let's bring in Sam. All right, Sam, welcome to the show, man. I have to say it is not just good, but it is great to have you here. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. You know, we got another day, so let's maximize, right? Exactly. There you go. All right. So let's get into your story a little bit. Yeah. What's your story? Before real estate, like who are you? Where do you live? What do you do? And uh, how'd you discover this whole thing called real estate? Yeah. What's your address? You know, what's your zodiac sign? All that. So I was abandoned as a child to start. <laughs> and uh, after that, I found a house. Just and just, clap at that. Yeah. 
That was it. Actually, no, I wasn't actually abandoned. But, but it's a funny story because I'm 25. I just turned 25 Christmas Eve a couple of days ago. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, but that marks around seven years I've actually been in real estate. I just didn't know it. Uh, when I was 18 years old back in 2010, my mom gave me an ultimatum and she said, hey, either you can go. Well, she had just recently gotten married and they was to move out with her new husband. And she said, either you can go uh, away to college and we're going to sell the house or you can pay the mortgage. And oh, I said, OK, like I worked mom. at a. Yeah, mom's great. <laughs> that's, how, that's how that's how more people should raise their kids. Right. So it was but it was good because she you know, gave us a fair, a fair uh, question and said, you know, if you want to be a man and take care of the house, then a mortgage is part of the house and everything that comes with it. So I said, you know, give me a week. And I ended up getting my two friends, Gary and uh, Gary and Nate. And they were my first roommate slash tenants. And we were able to take on the entire mortgage. Fast forward six years, I had 11 total roommates, not including my wife, who also lived with me. We lived in the basement. I rented out the upstairs to the house for around seventeen fifty a month. And we did that for the longest time until this past year. Okay, so I, I just want to clarify because what was it, Gary? And you, I'm trying to keep up with everybody here, but we get, we we're at home. We're 18. Mom says go to college or pay the mortgage. Yes. Did mom like bounce? Did mom go and move somewhere else? Mom had Left. another house. Yes, and she said, "Hey, you have the option if oh. you want." Because I was at I was at that age. I was graduating from high school, so you were at the age where you typically were applying to colleges. Little did she know I never did because I knew I was going to go to community college because also partly because I was too lazy to apply for college. But uh, that kind of worked out. So, yeah. So she gave you the house provided you could pay the note on it. That's correct. Wow. Good on a mom. All right. So you went, you got a bunch of roommates and over the years you found people to help you pay for it. Great. Now – that's not what the story is, though, right? That's the that's the the prelude that's the to, to the story, right? Okay, okay. So yeah. this led to you becoming a real estate investor, right? So the real estate investment portion actually happened last June. Started off, I was on a plane. I travel a lot. I'm a software consultant by trade, and I travel a lot for work. And uh, I found this book called The Ultimate Beginner's Guide to Real Estate on iTunes. Okay, okay. And from there, I didn't read it for about three months until, you know, give or take the November, October timeframe. And that's when I really started to, I found bigger pockets. I became a member from there. I, I started doing our local RIA group. I began to read books like, of course, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The E-Myth, all those great books. And I really started to understand that, you know, I have this house that I've been living in for the longest time. And I'm actually doing, I'm actually house hacking. I didn't know there was a word for it besides just renting out your room. I didn't, thought that was pretty cool. So I said, you know, okay, so understanding more about real estate, I realized that that debt pay down that you get when you are an investor is now going really to my parents for taking advantage of that right now. So I begin to think, you know, we have this great place that we live in. Me and my wife kind of wanted to stay for a little while. We had other aspirations. So we did the next logical thing to becoming an investor. We went out and got our real estate licenses because that was a good next step. Uh, from there, we decided that we were going to buy the house from my parents. So when we bought the house, it was a lot of work that needed to get done to us. So we essentially brokered a deal where uh, we bought the house for a little bit less than what it was worth, but they actually gave us a gift in equity to pay for some of the uh, repairs to the house and also to buy a lot of the furniture too. What we ended up doing is over the course of about three months, we purchased the house in, give or take, June. We did a full renovation on the house, and I mean full renovation, I mean top, bottom. We did floors. We, Me and my wife and friends, we painted the entire house inside and out. From there, 
we actually decided that we were going to move upstairs, but we still wanted to experience, you know, getting that paycheck every month. Right. But we understood that by now living in the basement, we were going to lose a lot of that income because we didn't have three bedrooms we could rent upstairs. It's a five bedroom house total. So what we did was we actually turned the basement into an Airbnb. So what that allowed us to do was we're typically a basement with no kitchen around where we live with rent out for around a thousand dollars a month. Uh, This past month and the month before we've been able to clear around $2,200 a month for our basement. Wow. Nice. Um, yeah. So we purchased for 255 uh, back in June. And what we're actually looking to do now is is sell the house this year for around 360. So looking to make it turned out, it's, we thought it was going to be a long-term investment. We looked at the numbers and some other personal goals and we realized, you know, being so young, we can pay off a, a lot of debt, be able to uh, essentially be virtually debt-free in a matter of a year. So it, our first investment really turned into a buy and hold slash flip. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. This is a great story. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Have a nice day. See you later. That's, that's why I came. Okay. You guys All right. That was good. Right. All right. So, well, I mean, a lot of our questions kind of go by the wayside. How'd you find the deal? Well, I, that, that was an easy one. How did you finance it is going to be an interesting one. So how did, how did that work? Yeah, because keep in mind, I mean, me and my wife, we made a decent salary, but living in Northern Virginia, um, the costs of homes here are, you know, ex- extremely high, especially for someone in the early 20s. So financing, we did a 5% down FHA loan, which we uh, which we put down you know, our 5% for. But really, to really get the value and to do this project of the Airbnb, the real portion of it was that home equity, not home equity line of credit, the, um, the gift of equity that we got from my parents. That gave us the funds to the necessary repairs. So um, for some of the listeners, uh, an FHA loan has certain requirements to actually get the loan than other conventional uh, loans do. For instance, uh, no chip paint on the exterior of the house. Uh, We had to ensure that the roof was going to last for X number of years. So we actually had to do a lot of repairs prior to even beginning the purchase process. Before we began the purchase process, we had to do a lot of repairs before we could even get approved for the loan. So that was an entire process by itself. Yeah, that makes sense. So just to throw this idea out there to people as well, if you guys are looking at a property and you want to FHA, you want a house hack or you want to buy and do Airbnb and the property is not in good enough condition, FHA does have a program out there called the 203K loan. It uh, allows you to wrap the, I guess, the repairs into it. So that is an option just in case you guys are like, oh, well, I don't have, you know, the seller's not going to gift me the repair, so I quit, right? There's always a way to figure this out. So that's just one technique just to throw out there. But how, how much do you think total you guys spend on repairs in that process, like fixing it up, get, getting it ready to buy? $40,000, including the furniture for the basement. Okay. Wow. Okay. So forty. So forty k, and that was yeah. gifted to you from no. Oh, Twenty five so was gifted to us. Okay. We did the. We did our actual. Uh, we did our down payment and another fifteen thousand out of pocket. Okay. 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 Got it. And then let's talk about, I want to talk about the Airbnb thing. I mean, like, why did you, you did that because you can make more rent from it, I'm assuming, right? That you can get more money. Absolutely. So at first we were just actually, when we first started the project and thinking about buying the house, we were going to stay in the basement. Yep. We figured we'd continue to live downstairs. We just wouldn't have a kitchen still. I'd never experienced a dishwasher growing up, so I never knew what it could really give you. So, you know, uh, my wife was one lobbying really like, all right, we're going to buy this house. I'd like to live in the, by the front door. It's kind of embarrassing telling our friends to come around back and the pizza people, you know, every single time. <laughs> um, which the latter, she eventually figured out she was lactose. So the pizza person was no longer an issue. So I, I was like, eh, really? It's what? Issue. So, but it's in all seriousness. I agree with her, right? You know, we had worked, we worked really hard. You know, we both had, we did really well in our careers. You know, we were still kind of coming up, but that's why we chose to do the Airbnb because now what we can do is if you break it down on a per night basis, you can charge significantly more than you can 
per uh, for over a long term for a month. Also, keep in mind, too, that every single night or potentially every single night or every other night, your unit's turning over. So the repairs, for instance, when we came upstairs and like this is no shot of the guys I had living here. I love you all to death, by the way. When we came upstairs to that <laughs> renovation of the upstairs. Oh, my gosh. Like you could tell for seven years it had been a rental. I mean, these guys were hard. On it, we had to replace all the carpet. Well, we see that we had to replace the carpet in the basement, but also refinish the floors downstairs. Like I said, paint the entire thing multiple times, do a lot of repairs to the walls. So with the Airbnb, you don't have that every single day or multiple times a week potentially. You're turning your new your, your unit over. It's getting clean. It's getting updated. Um, you're making sure that because uh, you get that real time feedback, right? If something is not clean, if something is not taken care of, the tenants will leave reviews, and then you get less income. So. It's not only the initial, yes, you get a lot of money up front, but also long term, too. There's less wear and tear on the space. Yeah. Yeah, I so love that. How, how many days a month do you think you're keeping it filled? We right now are at about a 95% occupancy rate, and that's going into January. And we have bookings wow. out to July. Now, do you live in a, an area that's just super touristy, or, or who's, who's renting your place? Yeah, that's, that's the I question. Know. That's the, I live about 45 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. And what's around here? We have Dulles Airport, 30 minutes north, Quantico Marine Base, and that almost an hour south. What's around us? And honestly, when we thought about this idea, we talked talking about the friends. They were saying, you know, there is nothing in Manassas. It's not the, you know, Manassas Battlefield. That's where we live, by the way, Manassas, Virginia. There's nothing out there. Why, why would anybody want to rent an Airbnb? You don't have a tourist attraction. You don't have any events that get out that go out there. But Looking back on it, I like to say I had this all figured out. I knew it was going to work, but I really didn't. I was just kind of like, eh, you know, if it doesn't work out, we'll have a furnished rental. We can just rent it out for additional $100 a month. Hey, uh, it, it'll be fine. But we we did it, and we had at first it was a slow trigger. We had this huge response. What we realized was folks will come into this area, just northern Virginia in general, for work very often, traveling to and from the airport, even though it's farther away because we keep our prices competitive. And then once you get go through your initial introductory phase and how you do pricing in Airbnb is a completely different story we can go into. But once you do the introductory phase where you bring your prices low to get the reviews, the people sell it for you. So now you, you don't have to worry about really you know marketing your, your products. People coming through and saying this is so modern, this is so up to date, this is so beautiful. Uh, it really allows you know other folks to see like even in a larger radius now, now we have folks that are going to Quantico an almost an hour away asking about our place. We have folks that are going to D.C. where there are plenty of Airbnbs in D.C., but because we offer a better product, at least you like to think so, they're willing to stay out further because we are a little bit lower of price range too. So it's really being competitive with the pricing, but it's also recognizing, you know, having a bit of faith, but also recognizes the things that other folks might not see, like Virginia wine country. On the other side of us, on the other side of where DC is, there are 142 some odd wineries in the area. We get a lot of folks. We have bookings out in July, like I mentioned earlier, uh, just for folks coming to uh, wedding venues, uh, going to uh, tour uh, wine, uh, different uh, wineries and things of that nature. So there may be more in your area than you actually even know because you know you don't necessarily visit every single thing every, every single day. I love it. I love it. Yeah, th- I mean that that's a great point. You know, if you're thinking about doing an Airbnb, you you want to figure that out, right? Because right. no longer are you renting a house to somebody who wants to live there. You're now kind of like an innkeeper, right? So you need to you need to know what's around, and you got 
you know, I think you got a bit lucky plus a bit of, you know, smarts there. I, I, I want to hear this, this pricing thing. I, I know we've talked about it before, but for those people who haven't heard it, you had mentioned keep prices low when you're new on Airbnb, get the reviews, get good reviews, obviously, and then you boost the prices. Is that kind of the plan there? Yeah. So you keep the prices low to start off with. So for the first two months we had what we call, we let folks know when the listing is that the introductory pricing, so they were getting a deal, uh, number one. But we did that almost to about 75% of what we would actually list for, uh, for about a month. And then what happens is, is that you do that for a one month, but keep in mind those prices, they can book anywhere within that year, however far out you let people book for. So depending on how popular it is, you could be, you know, a little too active in the first month and the second, third month, have some lower numbers. But since I looked at this back in November, but we started in August, so August, September, October, November, we had hosted 142 guests in our space. So with that comes 142 different reviews. And also it depends on also how you list, because you don't necessarily have to list your entire space that you have. We have a private entrance, but what we also did was we put electronic locks on each door. So now we have two different units that we can rent individually as well as the entire space too. So that allows to give you more feet in the door to actually have even more reviews. Interesting. Nice. Interesting. So are you saying like each bedroom has an electronic lock on it? Each bedroom essentially becomes its own unit. So you might do like, hey, common area, the kitchen, the, the, the living room and all that is common. And then you'll get your own private bedroom. And then you, you're not just renting out the house, you're renting each bedroom out. Exactly. And what you do is it's almost one of those things where if you buy more, you it's cheaper. So per night, it's actually more expensive to rent our space by those individual rooms if you added them together. So we actually incentivize folks to rent the entire space because on the other side of that story is turnover now. You know, with a typical investment, if you're doing a long term, you put the tenant in place and they'll call you if there's any issues. But here, every single time someone turns over, you have to have someone there to actually, uh, you know, turn the space, which can become its own job, which it is a job. It's called a cleaning services, which if you ever go to a hotel and you see the maid or any or cleaning person, thank them because their job is hard. Yeah. And people don't recognize that, uh, you know, service in the service injury. But you have to take that role on. Um, and as far as taking it on, because we did so well with the Airbnb, my wife actually, you know, we made the decision to allow her to actually take it on full time because we were making that wide enough spread uh, on her paycheck. So that was one definite big benefit from uh, doing this model. Can can we talk about the turnover? So, you know, what is what does it actually cost you Per, per turnover, you know, you're not doing it. So you've got a cleaning service. Um, are they charging you monthly? Are they charging you for each each time it gets turned over? How does that work? And, and what does that actually look like financially? Without being super misogynistic, I do not have a cleaning service. Uh, my wife actually does it. <laughs> oh, OK. Uh, yeah. So what was nice about it was because we were getting such, uh, you know, that widespread, she was able to to leave her job. Um, oh, nice. She was able to. Yeah, she was able to take it on full time. And which is at the end of the day, the goal of investing, right, is to be able to find another passive source of income to be able to allow you to leave that hour and a half commute up and down 66 where we live. So my costs are very, very low or our costs, I should say, are very, very low on a on a supply basis. We do provide water. We provide snacks. Uh, we provide like uh, breakfast biscuits as well. It's about one hundred dollars a month. So. Uh, it's not too expensive. Now, we did run the numbers if we had to have a cleaning service uh, turn this over for us. And we were looking between 650 and 850 a month with some of the contract we could have gotten. So, you know, it, it, there are folks out there that will do it. We did interview a lot of different companies as well. 
Now on Airbnb, the, t- the tenants that are staying there, they pay a little extra. There is a cleaning fee, right? I mean, I pay it every time I stay Airbnb, right? Not necessarily. So it all depends on the host. Yeah. Okay. So the oh, host. Oh, I didn't know that was optional has, either. Yeah, it has complete control. I can charge a cleaning fee. I can also charge a security deposit. Depending on where you live as well, you might also see certain taxes for uh, a hotel tax or a city occupancy tax, things of that nature, like in Texas and New York. Uh, they have those things. Also in D.C., uh, the city, they also charge additional taxes as well. But we, we, we try to make it as simple as possible possible because when you're on Airbnb, access is the key, which is why we rent our place in so many different methods. Because depending on how you want to stay, if you just want a room, okay, you can do that with us. If you want the entire space in your privacy, you can do that with us as well. And by the way, we don't see our tenants. It's a completely separate floor. We have a lock on the door. We have cameras all throughout uh, the, uh, the exterior of our house as well. Not so like we can bathroom. see not in the bathroom or in the bed. You know, <laughs> we flirted with the idea of the shower, but after... Uh, <laughs> Potential lawsuits. We didn't want to actually. We just didn't want to find the money for the lawyer. To be honest, that was that do was. You, do, do you guys actually have any in, or are they all outside the property? All outside. No, we don't have anything. And we and we and we let folks know too. And they've come in handy. We had an arrest. Really? Uh, not had nothing to do with the Airbnb, but it was a drunk person on our back porch. But because we had the cameras, we were able to actually see them. We we were so scared that it was one of our Airbnb tents because we had folks coming. But having that extra layer of security has come in handy. So. Yeah, and you're using those electronic locks, like you know, you, when when somebody says they want to rent it, you just just give them the code, and then you change the code when they're done. Exactly. Yeah. What exactly. kind of lo- do you know offhand what the brand or what the kind of lock is? If not, it's oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. Some reason I'm going to say Phillips. That's not it. If you think of it, go ahead and let me know, and we'll put it in the show notes at biggerpockets.com/slash/show210. Schlag. So it's uh, Schlag. Schlag. Okay. Specifically, it's this. I don't know why it hit me. Oh, Schlage, there you go. I have, yeah. exact, I have that exact lock on my office door right now. Combination yes. two seven four. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's a. Yeah. So you just give them that. You give them the combination. You give them the code, and uh, they go. Do you have to change the code often? Do you mean you change it monthly or something like that, just to make sure it. Yeah, we have a schedule. We don't okay. publicize the schedule, but yeah, we have sure. a schedule. We not only change the uh, interior locks, we also change. We have a lockbox outside. We change that frequently as well. And when we do, is what's nice about Airbnb is you have your house manual. So what you do, which you essentially is update your house manual, and then from there, um, every guest that's coming to your house uh, will be able to all see the same document. So you just change it once, and then it's good to go. Perfect. Cool. Perfect. Awesome. Any cool, cool. any. Uh... Any bad stuff beyond the uh, the drunk guy on the on the porch, or has has this been uh, going swimmingly for you guys? You know, out of every, we estimate out of every hundred people, you're b- bound to get one not so good, potentially person or couple. We did have to move, remove one one person. Uh, they were smoking illicit. Uh, well, I, should, I can't even say explicit anymore because it's like super legal in every almost every other state. They're smoking weed. weed in the house. Yeah, smoking weed in the house, which we say no smoking on the property. And, you know, frankly, you know, me and my wife don't partake, but it's not even a matter of our personal preference. It's a matter of the guests because yeah. we have to now wipe down the entire uh, house. Uh, it's, it's just not it's just not. How fun. did you figure that out, by the way? Two things. Talk about the cameras. Number one, we walked in the house at two in the morning after being out, you know, on some other business and the house reeked. So that was number one. But we had two separate tenants in at the same time. So now the question is, how do we know who it is? Ah, but the cameras were able to actually open up the camera on our app and we were able to see which guests were the ones smoking. So we messaged their uh, reservation, let them know, hey, it's not enough to cancel your reservation, but just don't do this again. Next morning, woke up seven o'clock in the morning. We're smelling it again. Like, no way. Open up the cameras. We're seeing them live on our phones, continuing to smoke right outside the front door. Wrapped, by the way, in one of our uh, in one of our blankets that we provide too. So we're like, you know what? 
you know, two strikes, and that, that's pretty much what we do. So that was the only time we actually had to have some folks leave. Other than that, you know, that was about it. How did that go down? You know, like you're, you're, you, you've got a guest who's staying with you, who's just paid you, who's, you know, hey, I could do what I want, right? How do you actually escort them off the premises? How does that whole thing go down? Yes. So <clears throat> this is something. This is that, not an eviction. You don't have the sheriff with you. Right. right? You don't. You don't. So it's, and this is kind of one of those things. So how do you handle that situation? You know, right. we talk about it, but if, unless you're there, it's completely, writing down a policy on a piece of paper on a Google doc is completely different than having to see someone face to face, you know, and make that kind of call. So literally what I did was I walked downstairs. I knew which room they were in because, you know, we could just match them up from the camera, knocked on the door. And, uh, you know, they asked if they can give me a minute. I uh, I sat in the uh, our living area and I just waited for him to come out. I let him know, hey, I warned you on the app. Uh, we got you on camera twice uh, smoking. We also have screenshots of it too. We like to ask you uh, leave, and we won't report it to Airbnb. If you don't, we'll have to call the authorities. And we'll have to report your account. You won't be able to use the service anymore. And the difference is, is that when you have folks leveraging something like Airbnb, it's based on a community, right? They review, we review them. They review us. If you want to continue to use the service simply and not, you know, make it difficult, you want to be as honest as possible. So uh, in their case, you know, he said, I don't know if he was really being honest, but he said, oh, my gosh, I didn't see the first message. We didn't even know. Oh, but you also didn't see my house rules. that clearly said no smoking on the premises. We'll let that slide. Um, but, you know, he uh, him and his him and his girlfriend, they said they said, you know, definitely not a problem. I will leave. Uh, and they did. About 30 minutes later, they left and they, of course, tried to cancel their reservation. So we couldn't give uh, a leave a review. But that's pretty much how it went down. I approached them face to face, told them what the repercussions were going to be. And I watched them walk out to make sure that they didn't take anything or damage anything outside of that. Oh, so you just you waited in the living room, living room for them to get their stuff and get out. Yeah. Yeah. Some okay. people may not be as bold, but there. Uh, I thought I could take him, so I was like, oh, I'll just wait here. All right. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's cool. So what about going forward? What's, what, what's your real estate plans going forward in life? Yeah. So the first and foremost, I mean, that was, that was kind of the cool story. You know, we're going to make a decent spread off selling it during this year. But I have to say, bigger pockets, and this is not, you know, I'm not trying to hype you guys up, even though I kind of am. Bigger pockets actually saved me and my wife's lives, um, in a sense. And I, and I want to, before that sounds kind of a bold statement, but I want to explain why. Because right before, when I met, I mentioned before, I, I found that book, the Ultimate Beginner Guys to Investing, back in, you know, last summer, essentially. And I didn't look at it for that period of time. And the reason why is because we were actually about to purchase a townhouse, the next, uh, the next town over for almost, you know, half a million dollars because we qualified for it because, you know, we had done so well in our careers. We had the income for it. And, you know, we were really about to do it. So I thought, you know, we don't, we're not going to have the money to invest and not worry about it. I have a 401k. You know, it, it's, it's fine. Me and my wife, we both have, you know, money saved up. We were, we're just fine. But if we had done that today, we would probably be over $600,000, you know, worth of debt. And we would have paid off some of that, of course, paying off the mortgage, but we would have no leverage in our real estate at all. So with this experience in this year, we realized that we were able to make a purchase. And now instead of being further in the hole, wipe out almost all of our debt completely. Right. And for, you know, having a 10 year student loan payment that was supposed to take you 10 plus years to pay off or whatever it is to be able to take all that out in a matter of, you know, two or three 
is pretty impressive. So we've seen the power of real estate. We're believers now. So what we're going to do is we're going to take some of the capital that we've uh, that we're going to we're going to get from the sale, and we're actually going to move to a place probably down south that's a bit more affordable. Most most something in the Georgia area around Atlanta. My dad lives down there. Uh, he's also investing, and that's kind of like the back back story. My dad and my stepdad were also investors too. And I remember as early as being in a seven or eight, you know, my dad taking me to triplexes. I didn't know what they were doing. He was just fixing like a toilet or something. Uh, but he's been, he has like 21 properties, you know, in between Jersey and around that area as well. So learning really uh, how the veterans do it, like one, uh, in person, um, in Atlanta, me and my wife want to be able to at least purchase uh, one by the end of 2017 in that area. And the goal is one a year and snowball it. Everyone has different uh, goals when it comes to real estate and financial freedom. Some folks want to build a large company. Other folks just want to have some extra money. You know, we've really thought about it and, you know, if you've ever read the book, The One Thing, there's a story about the fisherman and the businessman where, mm-hmm. yeah, everyone's heard it. Long story short, the businessman sees the fisherman who seems to be relaxing all day and fishing and says, hey, you know, I've just had one of your fish from the market. They taste so good. Why don't you come and uh, sell this fish in the Yosh? You can build up a huge company and one day maybe you can sell that company and retire. And the fisherman says, well, what am I going to do with and retire? He says, well, whatever you want. And he says, well, I want to fish. Yeah. We, we yeah. thought about that, and that's what we want to do. We want to we want to fish. We want to figure out what that what our fish is or what that, what our why is. Yeah. Um, so we want to be able to afford that. And down in Atlanta, we're going to have the money. We're going to be financially free, um, and we're going to be able to purchase more and more investment properties to uh, you know realize that dream. Awesome, I love it. That's well, cool. great. Let's start to wrap this thing up and head over to. I mean, I love your story. Um, I feel like we could talk about this stuff forever. And especially like you've inspired me in a large way. I, I have a property right now that it's about a week from being finished. It's almost done. It's a beautiful little house I bought. I paid cash for it at an auction. Anyway, and I've been trying to figure out what to do with this. Do I want to sell it, rent it? I think I'm going to do Airbnb. I think I'm going to try it out. You kind of inspired <laughs> me here. So, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'll let you guys absolutely. know. You know, you and the rest of the listeners know how that goes. But uh, yeah. I really think you need to Airbnb those, those uh, Kurt Cobain houses. I, know, I think I know. people I would almost, love. I know. To oh, go and stay in a Kurt Cobain house <laughs> and say like, Earth. oh my god! When yeah, it goes just, vacant, just I will. It out. I, I will. When yeah, it goes vacant again, I'll, I'll probably do it. But anyway, all right. Let's shift gears here and head over to the famous four. Famous four. Let's jump into these things. Uh, these are the four questions we ask every guest every week. Number one: What is your favorite real estate related book? I make that super easy because I sit with it on my desk. There you go. The millionaire real estate investor. That's number one. Uh, also, I have to say, I, I did a little bit of editing for this other book with comes to real estate investing. Uh, it's called the, um, and you may know the name, Brandon. I think it's called something to do with uh, the book on managing rental. Uh, what, was, what was it again? The book on managing yeah, what, rental what properties. Oh, book the book on that. That's that happens to be the one of the best ones ever written. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's another favorite of mine. I had the opportunity, and I'm not sure you remember, Brandon. Uh, to actually listen to the pre uh, yeah. the pre done version of that, and I provided some feedback, so that was another great one. That's really right. held with the mentality. I didn't know that was yeah. you, but that's awesome. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Oh, I've been like, I told you, we've been dating for like a year. Yeah, it's been a while. That's awesome. total no stalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Nice. Very, very, very cool. All right, uh, that's great. What, what about favorite business book? Favorite business book. Next one. Uh, I like the also on your desk. Also on my desk. You watch them every day, so you remember. If you don't read this book, and I can't see with glare, it's the E-Myth. What, what is the book? The there E-Myth by Michael Gerber. If you don't read this book, just know that there's three types of people when it comes to business. You have the visionary, the strategist, and the tactician. And they all have very unique places in business, and you need to identify which one you are, which one you want to be. Um, so that's that book really helped me understand not only my business in real estate, but also just my business when it comes to my software consulting as well as what we do by day. Awesome. I love it. I love it. All right. And what do you, what do you guys do for fun? 
So for fun, the biggest thing is, you know, find that fish, right? Finding what your why is. So what we do is me and my wife kind of came to the conclusion that it's too much to ask. It's almost too difficult to ask somebody like, what, like, what do you want to do, you know, with your life or what do you want to do, whether it's skiing, fishing 24 seven. So we just want to try a bunch of stuff. So hanging out with my wife and our family and we're going out potentially skiing in a couple of weeks again. We like to, uh, you know, go to, we go to uh, hiking. We, like to travel. We want to go to Tahiti some point throughout this year as well. And, you know, hopefully real estate is going to be able to allow us to do all those different things. I like playing video games too. Uh, MMORPGs, by the way. So what's your favorite game? Final Fantasy 14 right now. It's another backstory. That game is still around. Oh my God. That game is still around. It actually got canceled in version 1.0, like three years ago and they resurrected it. No pun intended because that's a move in the game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Nice, nice. All right, my final question of the day. Sam, what do you think separates the successful people from all those who give up, fail, or never get started? That's a really difficult... I think, I think folks say grit too much. They say it's just grinding too much. Um, and at the end of the day, to me, I've this past year, I've gotten the opportunity to do a lot. Well, I've worked... Becoming agents, we got to work with our, uh, with our broker. We actually helped found a property management company called you know, Customer Results Property Management. And we realized through that grind... You know, hard work just isn't enough. You have to figure out why you're doing it. You have to figure out why you, what you're trying to do. And if it helps, one thing I like to tell my friends to do is to imagine your perfect day and then work backwards from there. So at first, you know, we thought we wanted to just get into real estate. So we became agents. That's why we worked on. So we, you know, we wanted to do anything. We wanted to get a mentor. So we started working in property management. You know, we started that up first. And you know, we realized that that's not the that's not the dream. That was just a vessel to get to the dream. So I think that identifying uh, where you want to be and why you want to be there, more importantly, and if you don't know what you want to do and what that why is, start trying stuff. Stop thinking about it. Just start trying things. And if it doesn't, if it messes up, it's better to fail fifty times in a year trying to figure out what you want to do than to sit back for an entire year just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, oh man, Sam. Man, oh man. I love <laughs> you, man. This is this is. Unbelievable. Keep going. No, seriously. Like I, if you haven't figured out your why, stop, rewind and listen to what Sam just said, starting with the imagine your perfect day. I I don't know that I've heard more wise words said on this podcast than that. And and I I do mean that. That's unbelievable advice for anybody listening, Um, not just for real estate, right? I mean, this is for life. You've got to find what you want to do and who you want to be and, and, God, that's amazing, man. Amazing. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, Sam, this has been awesome. Josh, final question. Not part of the Famous Four. Yes, yes, exactly. So how can people reach out? How can people get in touch? First of all, folks call me a millennial. I'm not a millennial. Millennial was anybody born earlier. But I will say in the millennial tendency, I do have, of course, bigger pockets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, everything else and that. You can search me by my name. I'll show up on there. But also Sam at WhitehouseRentals.com. And we're also at um, WhitehouseRentals.com. That's our formal Airbnb site. You can reach out to us on there if you want to see the project and what our results were. Um, you can go on there as well. Even if you choose it to get some ideas, that's the best way to reach out to me. I love it. That's awesome. Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really do appreciate it. And thanks again for helping to edit Brandon's, uh, well, it wasn't Heather's book. Yeah, you never got my invoice. Uh, I never got that back, I mean. <laughs> oh, I, I, don't, I actually sent it to you in the mail, but uh, you didn't. You oh. got that. Sorry. Oh, I'll I send it to you again. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't <laughs> okay. worry. Not a problem. I'll keep an eye out for it. <laughs> I'll keep an eye out for it. All right. Well, thank you, Sam. I'll see you around the site. Absolutely. Thank you both. All right, guys. That was Sam Valmy. Big thanks to Sam for coming in. 
Airbnb in it, blowing it up, vacation rentals. Hopefully Turner, you could be as, ex- as successful as he is, but uh, I hope so. I don't know. I don't know. I live in. A, see, okay, so I was always kind of opposed to Airbnb because or vacation rentals because I live in an area that isn't real. Like it's not real touristy. It's a little touristy, but not real touristy, right? Like feeling not nice. Yeah, not, not very nice. Rainy, sunny, and not not. <laughs> there's no reason to live there at all. Pretty much. Have you looked outside, man? I, I got a. No, your view area. is ridiculously it's gorgeous. It's beautiful, but it just rains. Yeah. Like it's pouring rain right now. It's uh, middle of winter and it's pouring rain. Anyway, yeah, I mean, but but talking to Sam, it was like he doesn't live in a super vacation area. They're just people happen to be staying like people need a place to stay all the time and so talking yeah. with sam actually convinced me when we recorded this a couple weeks ago i was like you know what i'm gonna do it and so i'm doing here's it. why this is cool so you know a lot of people are like oh well why don't you go get so-and-so developer who's done 10 billion dollars in real estate or why don't you and you know obviously we would like to have those folks too but Brandon Turner, the co-host of the show, the guy who's making it happen, helping lots and lots of people be successful, is learning from a guy who ju- – and getting inspired yep. from a guy who just did his first deal. And I love that. I mean hopefully people have gotten to this point in the show and, and taking account of this. But you know, the guys who, who may have skipped out because it's a newbie show might be missing out. Yeah, I agree. I think you can learn from anybody. If you're open to learn, like, I mean, everybody does real estate a little bit differently. And I try to pick up as much as I can. And I know you do as well from everybody. You should figure out, you know, what works for them. How can I incorporate it in my own life? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. 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 Great show. Well, seriously, lots of luck to you. Um, I do hope that somebody will come and, and shave your beard and rid you of the fleas. <laughs> Um, I like, and, and the fleas keep me com- company at night, you know, when it gets lonely they, and quiet. Do they hum to you? Yeah, it's, it's really nice. Oh. <laughs> so that's why your wife sleeps in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, seriously, big thanks to Sam, Sonny, and Son Marie for coming on the show today. It was a great show. Really enjoyed it. And if you are a newbie, get out there, make it happen, jump on bigger pockets, jump on our forums, get in our community, start reading the blogs, listen to the podcast, and figure out the action steps you need to take to get to that first deal. We're here for you. The community is here to help you out and help you get successful. And 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 of course, we really do encourage you to get involved in in the forums on bigger pockets. There's I I think there's no better place to start meeting people and building your network, which is absolutely essential for long term success. I believe in real estate investing. So get out there, make it happen, create your free account today at www.biggerpockets.com. And again, this is show ten of the Bigger Pockets podcast. You can check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 210. Finally, if you like the show, if you're enjoying it and you're not yet a subscriber, please do go and hit the subscribe button on your, what is it, podcast app, uh, Apple Podcast app on Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever else you're listening. And do, if you can, leave us a rating review that would help us very much spread the word and let us know how we're doing. So with that, Brandon, you want to take us out? Out where? Uh, To movie, dinner? I wouldn't be caught in public with you. <laughs> All right, for the Bigger Pockets podcast, my name is Brandon the Beastman Turner. Otherwise, no, Harry McFleabag <laughs> and Sasquatch. Josh Sasquatch. Signing off. Signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online.
There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leica Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R. Today, and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.